Henley, do you like my nails? Oh, they're so cute. Who did them? Go, go. <laughs> Hendrix, do you like my nails? Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We are coming at you from our hotel room in Cortland, New York. This is like my hometown. I actually grew up in, well, I graduated from Dryden High School, which is just about 15 minutes uh, away from here. And then I have family all over New York. In, yeah, in this every time we come up here... Jamie points out the same landmarks, the same houses that she grew up in, the same stores. Yeah, and Doug's like, I know you grew up there. But I'm like, aren't you interested in my hometown? I am. Yeah. I like I like it around here. But anyways, so I was like, I asked my niece if she would come to the hotel and watch the kiddos while we recorded because we are originally going to try to get them both napping at the same time and then record our podcast. Impossible. Absolutely impossible. I mean, it's just impossible. So, Especially in a hotel where it's not like we have separate rooms for them. And it's just, it, it hasn't been great. Hendrix has been sick. He's had diarrhea. Henley's had diarrhea. We've switched rooms. We've been living out of suitcases. Yeah. We but have you make it sound food like it's- everywhere. It's, yeah, it's not ideal. Uh, yeah, but it's not miserable like that. No, I know. But it, it is when you think of trying to have a normal day and yeah. trying to have like a normal sleep schedule and a normal nap schedule. It's just, it's hard outside of a house. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know, Doug. I feel like you're miserable. Don't be miserable. I'm not miserable. I'm just saying it's uh, the first day and a half was miserable. I mean, I don't <laughs> want it to it be miserable. it was one big room. It was just one big room, and then we had to have Hendrix. I mean, it's Henley sleeping with us. Hendrix is a couple feet away. Um, In a playpen. Yeah. And what he means by that is so when we first got up here, they had just one big room at this hotel, and we had stayed here before. And what we liked about this hotel was that they have doors. Like, it's almost like a one-bedroom without any kitchen area, you know, because there's like – you know, you walk in and there's like a little sofa with a TV and a table. And then if you keep walking, you'll see like a little coffee nook area and a bathroom. If you follow me on Instagram, I've already given you a tour. <laughs> but um, but then from there, you know, which is nice because the bathroom separates from like the living room area. So then Hendrix is kind of in the living room area where we can put him down early and it can be quiet and stuff because he goes to sleep earlier than the rest of us. And then Henley is in our bed with us. And she inevitably, she's this girl doesn't go to sleep even if we put her to bed at eight. Girlfriend doesn't go to yep. sleep till 10. She'll doesn't play. Matter. She'll be up out of her bed. Like it, It'll be a stomach hurting or she wants a snack or she or, needs hot water. Or, or she needs to go poopy or yeah. she needs to go pee pee or she has to brush her teeth. Like, I mean, there's just so many things. And I know that big little feelings, you know, you guys know that I'm a big fan of them. I know they have a course on this type of a thing. Thing. <laughs> and if I had a minute to watch this effing course, I think it would save my life. But yeah, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to get her to do to be a routine because it's it really is. It's like we'll get to our house and we'll try to put her down and it'll be just chaos and almost a fight every time until about 10 o'clock or even afterwards. And that's when she'll finally go to sleep. And it's like she'll look around the room and she knows exactly which stuffed animals are in her room. And she'll take it, she'll canvas the room and say, I need my blue elephant stuffed animal because she knows the blue elephant is not in the room and it's somewhere around the house. And then she screams and cries without it, which, you know, when you have a second kid, you're 
aware that you don't want the second kid to wake up. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think Jamie and I have really been good about not giving in as far as like, okay, just take it or, okay, we'll give you a second milk or whatever, just to shut her up. Um, Jeez, that's kind of hard to shut her up. just to keep her quiet so she doesn't wake Hendrix up. But I think we've been pretty good about it. And well, it's this just- is the problem is that we weren't good about it when Hendrix was younger because we are both so sleep deprived. You know, we both been working pretty much nonstop, although you're a stay at home dad now, but like we're still podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's just because you're not at your nine to five doesn't mean you're not helping out with like the podcast and stuff. And so and also our lives have been so wildly busy. I mean, I have actually talked to my therapist about this because I'm never in the same state for a full month ever. I am never, ever, ever in the same state for a full month. I haven't been since COVID restrictions kind of let up. And I realize that I need more stability in my life for like mental health. And I, I realize that my kids probably need that as well. And they always say kids will come in and they'll wreck your life because they're just so needy and they'll just disrupt your life. And and honestly, for me, it's like they came in and of course they've disrupted my life, but mm-hmm. like I, they've also helped me. So I feel like the little girl in me is just realizing that, or maybe it's not the little girl in me. I don't know what it is, but it's just a sense of me is like begging for stability and security and like a safety net. And I feel like I don't want my kids to grow up not feeling that. And I'm sure that it's not, it doesn't matter location for them. But for me, it's like, you know, I moved a lot when I was a kid. I never knew where I was going to go to school next. I never knew where my next home was. I didn't know if it was going to be with my mom or with my mom's boyfriend or with my mom's friend or with the neighbor down the street. No joke. All three of those scenarios have happened before. So it's like, (laughs) I never knew where I was. And I don't, I think I tend to be a little bit hard on myself because I'm like, I don't want my kids to feel like that, but they're never going to be with the neighbor down the street or with a friend or with their mom's boyfriend because unless I have a side guy. Yeah, you never know. Hey, you never know. <laughs> no, but like still like the moving thing, I just want them to have a sense of stability and safety and security. And I feel like this last year or however long it's been since COVID has let up, since we moved to another state. Yeah. And even I actually before COVID even let up, you know, we moved to Florida. We were trying to get that ready for an Airbnb. I was shooting unfiltered in the house. So they were had to be, leave our house. And then, you know, when we got to begin to shoot unfiltered in LA, I've been in LA, I've been in New Jersey, I've been now here in upstate New York, and it's just like one thing after the other. And I've always enjoyed the ability to like travel because I never had a chance to travel. I mean, we just moved from town to town, but I didn't like travel. So that's exciting to me, but I feel like, whew, like something's got to give if I wonder... Well, now, I mean, you traveling to LA and doing the whole unfiltered thing, I mean, that's the only alone time that you get really. So I feel like it's... It's kind of a good break for you. I mean, I do work the whole entire time, like on the plane. I work like literally in the cab because it is, it's so easy to work in the environment where you can't leave your seat. You have no place to go. (laughs) And your phone doesn't necessarily work really. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I could sleep and that would be awesome, but I also have a lot of, you know, work to get done. So, well, before we go any further though, I do want to give a quick mention to our five-star reviewer for this week. Jamie and I love hearing from you. I know we say this every single week, but if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, leave us a five-star review and we will give you a shout out on the podcast. This week we have, I think it's Kai Kai Heck, K-Y-K-Y-H-E-C-K. 
don't know how to read that, but... I think that's Kai Kai Heck. Yeah, Kai Kai Heck. Thank you for being so real. I listen to your podcast every week, and I am amazed how real you two are. I can imagine it's not always easy sharing the hard stuff and having the opinions of others weigh in. Yet, you continue to show up and continue to be real, raw, and vulnerable every single week. I love you both and love following your life. Thanks for opening up to all of your friends. Thank you, Kai Kai Heck. Aw, thank you, Kai Kai Heck. We appreciate that. It almost sounds like a karate name. Kai Kai Heck. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, yeah, the sound effect from a karate move. Kai Kai Heck. Yeah. You know, that review we've gotten actually. So I was at Walmart the other day. And as I was checking out, getting a SD card reader for my Mac, which Mac is unbelievably inconvenient now because they don't have an SD card reader or a USB plug, but neither here nor there. But I'm waiting in line. And as I'm checking out, the woman behind the cash register goes, thank you so much for sharing your lives. It's really helped us. And I love watching you. And that was just random, just totally random. Didn't say, hey, Doug or anything. She just wanted to say thank you. So we love hearing that because uh, that's exactly what we were hoping for. Yeah, that's, you know, honestly, like I, I've said it before, but like the reason that we are so open and vulnerable is because it also helps us not feel alone in our struggles. Like when you reach out and say, hey, I'm struggling with that too. It's like, okay, good. We're not the only ones. Thank God. <laughs> because, you know, and I think that that's what's encouraged us to be more and more vulnerable and open is that it's like a sense of community amidst the struggle. And like, and also when someone says, I've been there, I've been through that. This is how I got through it. I promise that you'll get to the other side. Like nothing is better to hear than like, okay, you're not going to be stuck in this stagnant place forever. And so whether it's like we have infertility or unfortunately pregnancy loss or parenting or anything, any of it, marriage struggles. I mean, it's like, you know, we all feel kind of isolated and alone when it happens, but it's actually something that's more common than not. And no one ever talks about it because, you know, everyone wants to put on this pretty face and pretend life is gravy and, you know, life is gravy, but obviously it's got some lumps in it that we got to stir out. You know what I mean? Good analogy. <laughs> gravy, stir out. I I, I mean, like lumpy gravy. I don't know about you guys, but. Yeah, I don't mind lumpy gravy. <laughs> Add a couple of lumps in there. It's yeah, always but, good. Well, that also brings us to another thing that we just started to do on the podcast. And actually, this is going to be the first week for it, which is really exciting. So we proposed having you guys send us some questions via voice memo. And we had a whole bunch of responses and we missed doing it last week. So we're going to do two this week. But if anybody has no idea what I'm talking about, take a voice memo, send us a direct message either on Instagram or you could even email teamjamie at jamieotis.com with any of your questions. Again, nothing is off the table. Nothing is off limits. We want to hear your voices as you're going to say questions and uh, you get to be on the podcast, which is awesome. So this is going to be our very first voice memo question. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. Hi, my name is Lindsay, and I was just wondering if sometimes it takes a toll on you guys to be so open. I personally truly appreciate how open you all are on the anniversary of your son Jonathan's death. I actually had an ectopic pregnancy and lost my baby, and it just made me feel so much less alone to see your story and know that I'm not alone. There are other people going through similar things, and... I just know personally being open about my journey 
sometimes it's hard because, you know, so many people know, but for you guys, it's on such a greater scale. So what's kind of like the hardest part about being so open? Do you ever regret it sometimes and wish you would be more closed off? Lindsay, uh, first and foremost, my heart goes out to you because I feel like with an ectopic pregnancy, sometimes people... They what is an ectopic pregnancy? Okay, so an ectopic pregnancy... I mean, I know what it is, but for anybody that doesn't know what it is... Do you really know what it is? No, I have no idea. Okay, so an ectopic pregnancy is where the egg is fertilized in your fallopian tube rather than your uterus, and so it's super dangerous whether it, you know, if it was growing or not, you can't go through with the pregnancy because it doesn't allow for, like the uterus is able to expand to accommodate the baby's growing, the baby's growth, whereas a fallopian tube would literally just burst and the mom could obviously die oh. from, you know, a hemorrhage, infection, all sorts of things. The baby wouldn't survive in a fallopian tube. So whether the baby stopped growing or not, it's either way, it's just no good. And so I think the thing that I think is really rough for ectopic pregnancies is that, you know, the mom shows the woman who's pregnant shows no sign of pregnancy because it's not like she has like a belly. It's like one of those first trimester losses that a lot of people I feel like, I mean, that's even more taboo than I feel like a second trimester loss to share about because everyone always says to keep it hush-hushed until you get to the three-month mark because then it's safe. And it's like, keep it hush-hushed for who? Like, you know, like who's this mom who feel, you know, like you're having all the hormonal shifts. You got so excited because you got a positive pregnancy test. But you're supposed to go through that alone and not tell anybody. Exactly. And, And I get it. You know, on one hand, I get it if you do not want to tell anybody because, like you said, Lindsay, like just being so vulnerable and sharing your story, it, it really is vulnerable. But I, I don't know. I really think that it's important to kind of, at least for me, what I've discovered is that it's important to share, maybe not with everybody the way that we have, but at least with a friend, a good family member, someone who can really support you because you're going through such a big loss and you don't have to go through that alone. Like, I don't know why it's been so taboo that women were supposed to go through these losses with them, by themselves, really. And like, I guess you share maybe with like your husband, but we all know, God bless men and partners and whatnot. But like, if you haven't gone through the loss yourself, it's really hard to have empathy, you know? And so needless to say, Lindsay, I don't ever regret being vulnerable and open. And this is exact reasons why. Like maybe for someone who like doesn't really want to be vulnerable or open, maybe they don't have someone they can go to talk to. So I hope that they know that I'll always be there. And at least, you know, maybe I'm not able to talk to you personally, individually, but you can write in on the podcast. You can email me. You can comment on my post. I see them all. And now, of course, I don't see all my DMs. I'm not able to accept every single DM the way that I used to, but I do try to stay on top of them as much as I possibly can because just for exact moments like this, I just don't want any woman to ever feel Feel like she has to go through that type of uh, loss alone. And you asked what the hardest part about being so open is. And for me, it's everything, <laughs> everything. I, I struggle with being open and vulnerable and I, I never would have done this and be so open and just openly voluntarily give out information like that. So it's just every part of it is difficult. But when you have someone that is outspoken and you have someone that's by your side and someone that is able and capable of wearing their heart on their sleeve, it does make it a little bit easier. And it's just a matter of trusting that person that you both are on the same page. And 
eventually you build a little support group and you realize that it gets easier. It's not always the hardest thing to do all the time, but it's also, you know, you weigh the benefits and uh, your pros and cons. You know, if, if, if you hold in being vulnerable, if you hold in some of these things that you may not want to say out loud, then you're living with it in your head, you know, and if you don't release that, sometimes it can do more damage than just releasing it. All right, we're going to get right back to this whole conversation. But first, let's give a shout out to our sponsor this week. It's Go Henry, and they are amazing for finances. So I guess people are saying I've been a little hard on you, Doug, about money lately. So I wanted to say how proud I am of him recently in so many areas. He's helped so much with the kids, obviously, like he is number one. He does so much for us. But one of the things that Doug has made huge improvements on in our marriage is with our finances. Oh, well, thank you. And I, I appreciate that because I, I know I've made terrible choices and I've been horrible with money in the past. And it's because I never learned about it growing up and I don't want my kids to grow up the same way, not knowing anything about money. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that is why we love Go Henry and how it's helping parents everywhere teach their kids how it it's super important to differentiate between wants and needs and also build habits around saving, spending and giving. And I know Henley going into every single store looks at every item and says, I want this. Can I get this? So mm-hmm. uh, with Go Henry, it's so easy. It's a kid's debit card and there's an app for parents where you can see how much money your kids are spending. You can actually delegate which stores the kid can spend on. You can set allowances. You can set spending limits. It's so easy to assign tasks for your kids to do allowances. So many things. It's amazing. You can also customize the card. So Henley says, go Henley. It's so exciting to know that we will be able to use this continuously to teach Henley and eventually Hendrix the value of money and how to use it appropriately. And it's really so much easier than cash. And their app has excellent reviews on the app store. You can go to Google Play, you know, even Trustpilot. To see the reviews. We're all about reviews over here. So yeah, it has real-time notifications also, so you don't miss anything. So if you want to get started, you can go to gohenry.com and get one free month with promo code HMCP. That's one month free at gohenry.com, promo code HMCP. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's get back to this super vulnerable chat. You know, like Doug said, he struggles being vulnerable. He doesn't share anything. As you can tell, I'm usually the one who shares everything, you know, everything really. And he's the complete opposite. He holds everything back. He doesn't share anything. And that's something that we've talked about mm-hmm. in therapy, actually. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, well, I've always struggled with it. I've, I don't know whether it's being the oldest child or... 
even in sports, I don't know, I've always held a leader type of role and always felt like I couldn't or shouldn't be vulnerable or really just spill everything because it would make me either look weak or it would mean that, you know, I don't even know. It's just something that happened in my head. And I do get over things quickly and easily and I'm not very hot tempered. So it's like, I don't really harbor too many things, but being vulnerable is more than that. If you're not, it doesn't allow someone to get to fully know you yeah, inside and out. Yeah. So I was talking to my therapist and what I was saying to her was that Doug's a stay-at-home dad now. Like He's been able to quit his job, which is awesome. And he said he's the happiest he's ever been to me. And so I said to her, you know, like, of course, that makes me so happy. And I want to make sure that he stays happy. And, I, and I'm worried that he doesn't feel like he has a role or something now because he's a stay-at-home dad, but both of our kids are in school. So the only thing that's, I mean, there's a lot to do, even if your kids are still in school. But you know, I came home from working. I had a new girl hired on the team and I have to like train her. And so I've been meeting with her at like cafes. And it's so funny because people DM me like, were you at this like Mm -hmm. restaurant? Were you at this cafe? And I'm like, yeah. So Doug was like finishing the grout and stuff. If you have been around for a while, you know, we've been doing this kitchen for like literally over a year at this Mm -hmm. point. It's been like a year and a half. Doug has been doing our kitchen a DIY and he's done an amazing job. It's just taken a really, really long time. But needless to say, so first and last kitchen I'll do. Yeah. So he's not into like DIYing <laughs> the house, doing anything with the house. I come home after a long day training this girl and her name's Gina and trying to get her up to speed and all the things. I come home and there's like a pile of laundry and Doug's doing it. He's like folding the laundry in our bedroom. And I was like, I was just so tired. So I climbed into bed just to like sit for a second. And he's like, oh, I hate this laundry. And I was like, well, you know, it hurts my heart. Cause I'm like, well, is he having a miserable day doing laundry? And like, honestly, I would love to be able to just stay at home and do laundry and the dishes and organize and I don't know, unpack us because we haven't even unpacked from being in Florida because we had to go to LA and now we're back in upstate New York. So needless to say, I was saying to my therapist, you know, I don't know what to do to make him happy. Like he says he's the happiest he's ever been because he's now able to be a stay-at-home dad. But then I get home after training this girl all day and he's folding laundry, which I was not for nothing, but I was kind of hoping the house was going to be a bit more organized since our kids were in school all day. And, you know, he He's kind of complaining about folding the laundry. And I'm like, if I could, I would help him, but I literally have no time. And so I was like, I just don't know what it is that I could do. Like, I'm trying to find, I keep on asking him, like, what are you passionate about? What like sets your soul on fire? Because that's the kind of thing you should be doing then. And whenever I ask you that, Doug, you're always saying, what sets your soul on fire, Doug? Like, what do you enjoy doing? Seriously. (laughs) My passion all the time has been sports. And, you know, now that sports are kind of like, gone. I'm finding my way in life. I like being creative. I like being on couples cam. I like being and doing YouTube stuff like that. I love doing. But what I was saying and just why I was not so much avoiding the question is just, it's just something that I'm still thinking about. And there was just so much crap left to do around the house that I just didn't want to think of anything else other than just getting the house organized because that was my job. Like that's my responsibility was the lawn, the yard. Our house is in absolute shambles. It's chaotic. 
And that's where my focus was. Yeah. And I felt just overwhelmed with everything because there was so much stuff to do that I didn't want to think of anything else because I get sidetracked on things so easily and I could bounce from one thing to the next and then not get anything fully done. So, yeah. And that is something that, you know, we've struggled with is obviously the kitchen has taken a year and a half to be completed. You know, there's many things like that. And so I'm trying to figure out, obviously I get frustrated by that, but I don't want to like be frustrated with my husband if that's just who he is, if you know what I mean. Like he accepts me and loves me being so ambitious and with my drive and all the things I want to do and all the kids I want to have and all (laughs) the things. And then I'm like, well, if that's who he is, I want to accept him and I want to find a way to like make our household work. But like if he is a quote unquote stay at home dad, and our kids are in school and the house is still a pigsty and things aren't getting done, like this isn't going to work out. Like I can't be okay. Like that's just not going to work out. And so I was saying this to my therapist and I was like, I don't know what to do like to make him happy. And she was like, well, what do you think? And I was like, honestly, I tried asking him what sets his soul on fire. You know, what kind of a job would he like to do to kind of help us, like help the business in an aspect, you know? And I hired this new girl and I'm off training her could Doug be doing something, you know, that rather than hiring another person or whatever, because this new girl is going to be helping me, you know, with honestly, like my own schedule. So like, for example, I go out to LA, as you know, so many times. And so she'll help me with the booking of it. Like just yesterday, I had a producer message me and they wanted a voiceover. So it's, you know, something where they want me to say a line very, very clear and clean so that they can add it onto the show because they didn't get it when we were shooting. And so she would help me arrange all these things. Um, And that is definitely not my strong suit whatsoever. Yeah. And so here we go. And then Doug's like, well, I'm not good at that. I can't do that. And so I'm like, what are you good at? What can I help you with? And what's interesting, and this is what I've been trying to get to the whole time, is the therapist said, I don't think that you know your husband. And I was like, what? (laughs) But honestly, I like kind of just sat there for a second and obviously started crying because I was like, she's right. I've been married to a man for seven and a half years who wears a mask? Oh, and that's the other thing that happened because I said to her, I feel like it seemed like he was walking on eggshells around me. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That he was part of it too. So Doug was doing the dishes. He wasn't feeling well. We've been, like we said at the top of this episode, we've all had either diarrhea oh. or thrown up for the past like week and a half. Started with Henley. Then it went to you, Doug. <laughs> me, right? then Hendrix, and, and then now you. it's me. Yeah. <laughs> but. So he was sick and he was at the sink trying to do the dishes. This was like the day before we were leaving to come upstate New York. And I was training this girl, Gina, just on like how to help me manage traveling and all the things. I was like rushing out of the house so I could go meet her. And I said, I love you. Goodbye. And he didn't really say I love you in a way that I felt like he... (laughs) Should have. <laughs> yeah, which is so wrong. And I know that's wrong. But like, it didn't sound like he really loved me. He was just like, me you know, like, see ya. And I was like, I love you. And then it was like, I can remember it right now. He turned around from the sink and he was like, oh no, I love you. You know, like he felt like bad almost or like, well, I don't I know. know. That, that's my way of showing you that that's what you wanted to hear the first time. I know. But I was like, well, I don't want you to feel like you have to just put a mask on and tell me what I want to hear. Well, no, like it's not telling you what you want to hear. It's saying it in a way that you'll hear. Meaning that if I say I love you, but it's not a certain type of I love you or inflection or the way I say it, if I don't say it with a smile on my face, then sometimes you'll read into it as something different and like just not with a happy heart when that's totally not it. Yeah. So I know how to respond in certain situations where I mean what I'm saying. I'm just saying it in a way that you hear it. 
Yeah. So essentially I said to the, that was the same day that I was talking to my therapist and I was like, you know, I felt like I was making him walk on eggshells because I was like, I love you, you know, like, hello. <laughs> and he was like, oh, oh yeah, I love you. And I was like, I don't know. It was just crazy because I was like, oh my God, do I make him feel uncomfortable where he has to like throw on a mask? So it was like for a second, he let his mask down. He let his guard down because he's sick. I don't want my husband to feel like he has to wear a mask all day, every day with this go, go, go type of a wife. And Have so- you seen this face? <laughs> so I was talking to her about it and she was like, well, you don't know him. And I was like, oh my God, I think you're right. I don't know my husband after seven and a half years. And so I have a million things to do. I literally have Gina, this new assistant that I hired, in the cafe waiting for me to come back from my <laughs> chat with my therapist. And I call my husband and I was like, Doug, I feel like I don't know you. And mid grout. Yeah, he's like finishing up the kitchen. <laughs> and we had like a really nice, meaningful conversation, it was. though. Yeah, I got teared up. Like it's because I don't think I have anybody that is my person that I am fully open with. Other than my parents, but they have to like pry it out of me. Like my brother and I can have a heart to heart, my friends, but you know, even with them, it's when you have a family, we're just now so removed from that hanging out every day, just sitting on a couch and, or just like shooting a basketball outside. When you have a life that's so go, 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 you have so many distractions where you can not so much avoid it, but you don't have to, you're not always present. And I realized that I don't know what holding on to. I don't know what I, what to be vulnerable about or how to be vulnerable because I never have been. Oof, this is a tough topic for us because I don't even, you don't have to be vulnerable, but I want you to feel like you can let loose around me right. and, and that you're not walking on eggshells and that you can be, I want to be your person. Like if you don't have a person, like I feel like you're kind of the same. Like I've never felt like I have a person. My sisters look up to me to be there to take care of them. My nieces and nephews, obviously the same, they're kids. Obviously, my kids look up to us. Mm -hmm. I don't really, you know, I grew up in a small town here in Cortland. So like, well, first of all, I moved around so much. I never had friends from high school anyways. But now I live such a different lifestyle, yeah. you know, filming TV shows and flying to LA. <laughs> like, it just sounds so glamorous when really it's not. I mean, and it is. Bougie. Yeah, it sounds so bougie. And it just, like, I don't have anything in common with like the people that I used to. And so now I'm trying to find my people and I like jump through hoops trying to prove that I'm not bougie and I'm not, I just, cause I go and shoot TV shows and I'm hosting, you know, a TV show and all these things, which is so fun. And I'm so thankful for it. it doesn't mean that I think I'm like a celebrity or better than someone else or anything like that, but it's just unsettling to have to constantly try to like prove that, I guess, to people. And so I don't have anybody either. So I was like, yeah. and I'm like the complete opposite of that. I've always had a personality where people would gravitate towards me and it would always just be about having a good time and a likable conversation, but never really anything too deep. Like, I think that's just part of, like, I've always been likable. I've always been courteous and respectful and a joy to be around, I, I think. But <laughs> Way to pat yourself um, on the back. Yeah, but like, but I've never felt like I needed to go above and beyond for someone to like me or think a certain way. Like I don't yeah. think that people are always thinking of me and my every move. And if I walk in a certain time or, or anything, like if they're talking about me or thinking of like, that's like opposite of me. But the point is, is that when you are a likable person and that's kind of your vibe, 
you know, like you never have to get deep with anybody. You never have to share any struggles or what you're going through or thing. You know, it's like, it's always just a scratching the surface type of conversation. And so like, I'm just so not used to it, to getting deep and vulnerable or emotional or anything really. And honestly, he doesn't get like that with me is basically what I'm trying to say. Like this whole entire conversation to just sum it all up yeah. is my own husband. I have to be forced into it. Yeah. Which you, I, which I want to work on though. I, I don't want to have to have it be a prying conversation, but I do realize that I do need to get out of my comfort zone. And if it does take being forced into the conversation for me to get comfortable, like I'm prepared for that. Well, I don't want to force you though, ever. Like I don't, right. I don't want to do that. But also what you said was, and what really got me emotional when we were talking was that you wanted to be that person for me. And no one said that ever to me. Well, I do want to be that person for you, Doug. And I don't know how to be because I don't feel like I know you because you don't open up to me. I know. Well, now I feel comfortable to open up to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to be that person I've for got you. Something. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me cry. I'm not crying. It's something in my eye. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was really nice of you. Well, I really do want to be that person. And I know that I am like a tough person to probably be married to because I'm just like a basket case sometimes. I think we're perfect for each other (laughs) in that sense. Because you're so calm. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we've been at as far as vulnerability goes. So Mm -hmm. that question just turned into a whole entire podcast episode. Yeah, it did. Look at that. Well, that's just because it's literally what's going on in our life right now anyways is like just... The fact that I'm so open and whatnot and Doug is actually so closed off and and that we've been married for seven and a half years. We have two kids together and my therapist goes, I don't think that you know your husband. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I do either. It is weird because you don't share about anything other than the scratch of the surface type stuff. Yeah. Like when we lost Jonathan, you go to work the very next day. It's like you don't even blink an eye and I'm like, can't even get off the couch. Just so many things like where you just keep moving and keep going and where I'm like, I need a second to breathe and digest, you know, what's going on. Like pretty much every loss we've ever had for pregnancy, it doesn't affect you the same way as it does me. And I always have felt like that doesn't mean it doesn't affect you, but you never let me see it. So I have no idea really how you're feeling. Yeah, I've always had to, it's not like I had to hold it in, but I've always just held it together just because I always wanted to be the person that doesn't fold under pressure or doesn't like this is just even keel, doesn't buckle. Well, you don't, but you don't always have to be that person either. I know. Well, I always felt like I was that person. You are that person. Yeah. But you don't have to. That person, every person is going to buckle sometimes. Like when. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I, I know. And it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have emotion and to have a deep conversation with real feelings and let that ish go. Yeah. That I'm not used to. Yeah. So it's foreign to me. Yeah, I know. But needless to say, it all goes back to like, how can I help you feel like you're part of the team? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, you're my husband. You're my number one. (laughs) You're my number one. And I want you to feel like you can be open around me and not have to wear a mask or like say I love you in a certain way to make me happy. Like, that's not cool. Like, no one wants to live like that. It's just a minor diversion. I don't know. I I wouldn't want to have to say I love you a certain way to you. 
I mean, it's not like I'm saying something that I don't mean. It's just saying it in a way that you'll hear it the way you want to hear it. So it's not like I'm being fake or anything. It's just I'm saying something in a way that you respond best to. Yeah, and it has to be heartfelt. Otherwise, I'm like, you don't what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So that's that. Well, anyways. So we are, like I said, we're up in Cortland, New York. We're seeing family. And honestly, it's always a little... Hectic. Oh, it's always so hectic up here because my siblings are all, they all live in different areas. They all obviously have jobs. So, and it's hard to get everyone together. My mom is actually around, which is awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen your mom in a while. Yeah, my mom came to my niece's birthday, which was awesome. And she was pretty cool just to like talk to. And actually she gave me some really good advice. Henley is like, she talks like a baby all the time. She used to talk like a big girl when she was like two. Or Well, she thinks it's funny sometimes. Like, yeah. Da da do do dee dee do do and you'll ask her a question and she'll go bye bye guy Yeah, and we're like, what are you saying? Yeah. Or so then- when she asks for things, she'll be like uh, that this this it's like she's like like whining. Yeah, and so that's exactly what we say. It sounds like you're whining. Why don't you talk like a regular person? Yeah, but I was like, I don't know, like is that I always overthink all my parenting because I'm just worried that I'm going to screw my kid no, up. No, you don't. <laughs> but I was like saying to my sister, Amy, because her daughter's pretty much the same exact age as my daughter. And I was like, does she like whine a lot? Like Henley whines, it seems like every single conversation. And Amy was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I just don't know how to address it because I don't want to like hurt her by saying, talk like a big girl or, you know, mm. something like that. But I don't want her to talk like, you know, like all the time. And so my mom steps in like a champ and goes, why don't you just ask her to speak clearly? And I was like, well, geez, mom, that's great advice. Thanks. Yeah, you're right. Why don't I just ask her to speak clearly? And so I've started to say, hey, Henley, I can't understand you when you talk like that. Can you speak a little clearer? And she'll go, okay, mom. And like, she'll like have an actual conversation rather than like whining her whole regular sentence. Yeah. And it's like. My mom, you know, that's the thing is that it doesn't matter who one person is or what they've been through or what's gone on. There's always something. There's always a silver lining and a positive that you can find. And obviously my mom, you know, I was literally, like I said today, Doug and I were like trying to, at the top of this conversation, I was saying how we were struggling trying to get both the kids to sleep so that we could podcast and that didn't happen. And I was like, scratching my head like who could I have watch the kids because all my family's working like my sisters I should say and then I thought my mom because she's in town I know she is and I instantly was like oh no that's not gonna work out just because ah, it's not gonna work out with my mom like I wouldn't necessarily go to my mom to watch the kids because I don't think that that's up her alley but that doesn't mean that I need to cut her out entirely like she still has good advice and so you know I was like wow mom thanks that's really great advice and I think that made her like proud, you know, like to, I don't know, because she wants to be, I think, a grandma, you know, she just kind of doesn't know how, you yeah. know. Needless to say, we're going, we have just a couple more days here in upstate New York, and then we're going back to the dirty Jersey soon. And we're going to be there for a little bit. Which is exciting to finally have our feet on the same soil yeah. for longer than, I don't know, a couple days. Well, you know, what's different this time is that our whole family, they're all vaccinated. And it makes it just a little bit more comfortable hanging out with them as a group. And the fact that it's nice outside is great. But, you know, we have a lot of catching up to do 
with them because we haven't been around them for quite a while. So Yeah, so we've got some catching up to do and we have some house organization to do and we're just pumped to kind of get some structure and stability in our lives because yes. it's been utter chaos. So definitely stay tuned for next week to hear all about more structure and stability in our lives. Yeah. Uh, Probably. And if you have any tips, you know, <laughs> want, when you record your question, if you have yeah. a tip for us, please feel free to share. We're all ears. Yeah. The voice memos don't have to be just questions. They could be statements too. Yeah. That's actually very, very true. Yep, uh, so. That's the whole point of being vulnerable is mm-hmm. that... <laughs> We're all about talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it, and we'll also get your tips because we're wide open, like on just every philosophy. Like we're willing to try anything to see what really works. Because I really believe that you know what works for someone else may not work for the next person, but hey, you never know; it could. Right. So why not give it a chance? Yeah. But that being said, as always, we are so thankful and appreciative to have you guys. You know, you're our solid, hot marriage, cool parents peeps hanging with us every single week. We appreciate you so much. And if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, it certainly helps out the podcast. And if you do have a question or review, leave those. We like reading a five-star review each week. And again, the direct messages, if you follow us on social media, you can do a voice memo and just direct message us or send an email with your voice memo to teamjamie at jamieotis.com. And again, leave your reviews. We love giving you a shout out and we will see you next week. That's right. We'll see you guys next week in the dead of Jersey. That's a wrap. That's the first time I said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.